You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Merry Christmas and a happy Hanukkah to you. Last night I, uh, <laughs> I shared online a uh, Christmas decoration I got because, uh, you know, my wife, doesn't want to decorate this year. She doesn't feel like decorating. She's uh, at her mother's home right now, and she's doing uh, estate sale and all that. And it's uh, <clears throat> you could understand why, you know, maybe you're, you don't feel like getting out all the memories and stuff at Christmas time. So uh, I'm handling some of it, right? And and of course, because I'm a guy, I uh, I'm going to handle it in a probably a rather ham-handed way. Uh, <laughs> And so I said, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not getting any help from anybody. So I'm just gonna, I mean, I've got a thing we're gonna put out in front of the house, the big light thing that I bought that you hang on the tree and it makes your your uh, oak tree look like a Christmas tree, you know. And then I got this, uh, I got this tapestry, right? So what it is is a, it's a background set picture of a fireplace with uh, with a Christmas tree, and I hung it in the doorway into the dining room because we never use the dining room, and uh, and. <laughs> I posted it on social media last night, and I sent it to my wife, you know, and uh, hey, you know what I got? I got crickets, which means it's gone as soon as she gets back. I mean, let's face it, I'm, I'm, I'm living right now on borrowed time for my Christmas directions. They're, they'll come down by the time she gets back. But if you want to see it on social media, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Uh, I'm on uh, Rob Carson's show, generally on all social media, including Instagram and, uh, and Twitter, now X. Uh, and uh, Getter and Truth and Facebook, which I rarely put stuff on because Mark Zuckerberg is still censoring all of my thoughts. That's just the way uh, that company is. They suck. So uh, there is that. Liz Collin, investigative journalist, came up with this uh, this documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis. We're going to talk to her at the bottom of the hour. If you want to go watch it free at thefallofminneapolis.com, I will admit uh, just because of all the things that have been going on in my life the last month, I've not been able to commit the full hour and a half to the show, but uh, but I'm planning on it. What I have seen is uh, is very powerful, and uh, so we'll talk to her at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I had mentioned uh, what's going on with uh, Jack Smith attempting to <clears throat> get rid of uh, presidential immunity for Donald Trump because he wants Donald Trump's January the 6th trial to happen on March the 4th. There are four trials scheduled for next year. It's absurd. It is clearly, I told you this, when the second indictment came down, uh, after sitting on it for a year, I said this was a targeted indictment by the DOJ. It's very clear. It's so third world Soviet. It's not funny. And you get it and I get it. And we're pissed about it. And Jake Tapper can, you know, uh, lie about, you know, the, the you don't think that Hunter Biden's tax charges are a big deal? No, no, not if they ignore, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, sex trafficking, not if it ignores uh, bribery, not if it ignores possible treason against our country, you know, then, then uh, the tax thing is kind of small potatoes. But Jake Tapper is smug and arrogant. He never he never bothers to investigate things like, I don't know, election interference by the government or COVID protocols that proved to be wrong or Russia a collusion hoax and all of that nonsense. He would never do that. But he certainly acts smug when he thinks he has something here. And, and, and ultimately, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And he tried to poo-poo these, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jim Comer saying that the uh, the tax charges against Hunter really 
aren't anything compared to all of the uh, allegations against Hunter and Joe. But, uh, <clears throat> of course, Jake Tapper, uh, you know, like I said, he doesn't, uh, he's not a journalist. He's a buffoon. This is Mike Davis. I want to play this again from last night. Steve Bannon uh, did an interview with Mike Davis, Article 3 Project. And uh, here he is talking about next year for, um, for Donald Trump. And I want you to listen to the absurdity of it and, uh, and recognize that this is nothing more than an attempt to stop you from choosing Donald Trump as your president. Uh, the Biden Justice Department waited 30 months to bring a criminal indictment against President Trump. And then they timed these four different indictments back to back to back to interfere in the presidential election. Trump is sitting through Tish James's civil fraud trial right now for the last two months for the non-fraud of paying back sufficient. Yeah, I'm not gonna play the whole thing. But next year is uh, completely booked because they want to interfere with the election. And you know what really confounds them and is going to make them even more insane is the fact that Trump's numbers are going through the ceiling, even in Iowa. I read earlier he's 57 points against his next Republican challenger. And black people and Hispanics and all sorts of people are jumping on the Trump train because they realize what's happening. They realize what our federal government is doing to force Joe Biden down your throats and keep Donald Trump from winning the election and uh, getting retribution for all of these abuses and usurpations. This is Jonathan Turley talking about uh, uh, Letitia James. She's the uh, AG of New York City or New York State, I should say, who literally like a communist thug, ran on going after someone even though there were no allegations of illegality. Well, I think that the part of the problem here is, as you noted, you have an AG that ran on the pledge to nail Trump on anything. She didn't even specify. Uh, and she used this law, which doesn't require a victim. You know, before Professor Bartoff testified, two bankers testified that said, no, we didn't lose money and we actually wanted more loans from Trump described him as a whale client, someone you want more business with. Uh, but that hasn't stopped James. She wants the, the Trumps to have the, the company to be dissolved. She wants a, a quarter of a billion dollars when no one lost money. Um, and the fact is that it's so over the top that it may end up really raising concerns upon appeal. Look, James had this judge at hello. I mean, I think that she yep. knows that uh, this judge has already obviously decided there was fraud, uh, and he's likely to, to hammer uh, Trump in terms of damages. But they still have to go to the Court of Appeals, which just recently handed Trump uh, somewhat of a victory. They said, we're not going to dissolve these companies until we see more. This is really evil, man. This is, I remember Hugo Chavez was in charge of Venezuela, and he literally would walk down the street and just say, appropriate, 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 and take the business in that building. Take that building. That's what this government is attempting to do to Donald Trump. They're trying to destroy someone. A guy trying to take everything, all of the good that he has done to New York City, and they're also taking away your choice. And it's not going to work. I'm telling you, it's not going to end well for those in power because the people are aware and really pissed off. This is, uh, let me see, uh, yeah, Tucker. Tucker Carlson talking about uh, the American people. They are awake. They know what's going on. Any rational person can see what's coming. So they have to stop this. The charges against Trump are not real. They're not even for serious crimes. I was told Trump was like a murderer and had killed a bunch of people in New Jersey or something. They, he didn't even cheat on his taxes. 
and they're treating him like a felon at the same time like they protect you know epstein until they have to murder him in his cell it's like it's insane and it's all on public display everybody knows what's going on yeah everybody does and here is uh, jonathan turley talking about how uh, joe biden or donald trump did not testify yesterday and i said well duh of course not you don't want to testify in front of a judge who's already made up his mind against you and all of the evidence of the world is so overwhelming that donald trump did nothing illegal uh, this is what uh, Jonathan Turley uh, had to say about why Donald Trump said, I don't think so. Well, a lot of lawyers would have suggested this course of action because he's already testified in the trial. And so if you're happy with the record you created, uh, why create the chance for uh, loss or mistake? Yeah. And so uh, lawyers tend to be risk averse. And I think many would have said you don't need to testify. Uh, but what's going to happen next is maybe some of the most interesting parts of the trial because there are still some rebuttal witnesses and one defense witness uh, that many of us are interested in. And that defense witness is Professor Bartoff, who's an NYU professor. And he gave a very strong testimony in, in favor of the uh, Trump defense mm -hmm. and said that he did not see evidence of accounting fraud uh, in any of these documents. And there isn't any. Donald Trump is being uh, accused of overvaluating his uh, property value so he could uh, trick banks into giving him money, in which he'd uh, you know pay them back with interest. And banks also, particularly when you're dealing with massive amounts of money, they aren't going to just take your word for it when you say, oh, yeah, this property's worth whatever. And everybody knows this, and everybody knows, and I know that no amount of evidence is going to convince this judge, because this judge is bought and paid for. And this judge will eventually have to be held account legally for doing this crap. This is uh, Tucker from a few months ago, and I said this, I've said this uh, years ago, things are going to get really weird, really big, and really scary, and it's because our federal government is abusing us. So it's about to get very serious, uh, for sure. It's, you know, it's only leadership of the world at stake, which is also, by the way, we now know the most lucrative possible political franchise in human history. Oh, yeah. So everything's at stake. What wouldn't they do? What haven't they done? What might they do next? Let your imagination run wild. So the question, the only one that you can answer is, how will Another you, pandemic? you prepare yourself for that? Military-age males by the tens of thousands coming across our southern border. Again, just to restate, Donald Trump, who is hated as a blood enemy by over 40% of the population. 200,000 people in the last two years dead of fentanyl poisoning by China. And who's been attacked in ways that no political figure has ever been attacked in the West, is beating the incumbent president, okay? The American people get it. That's why he's going up in the polls. I'm not sure that's entirely an endorsement of Trump. To some extent it is, and his empathy, that's real. But it's also a sign of revulsion, deep dissatisfaction with what we're doing. So most people are not on board with this. But the people who are responsible for it are the most dishonest, the most ruthless, the most anti-human group I've ever dealt with. And i got to tell you, uh, their reign will not last long. I came up with this about a year and a half ago, by the way. Oh, about a year ago, I guess. It's Jim Gossett, by the way. Do you hear the people sing, singing a song of Donald Trump? 
Indict him at your peril And next year you'll get thumped Jack Smith is a left-wing hack yep. The man's a real disgrace This is sure to blow up in his face I hope so Are we still America? Or is this a third world state Looking like third Where you're allowed to prosecute The people that you hate We must stop them all before it's too late Come on, Jim Do you hear the people scream Stop this insanity Concocting lame indictments Cause Trump's your enemy It proves that you're afraid Afraid of Donald's run Cause when he's re-elected, you're all done. <laughs> I am your voice. I am your warrior. Yeah. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not let this and this is not meant to be just an endorsement of Donald Trump. It is, it is an endorsement of uh, someone who would stand up against this. And I am so grateful that all of this, uh, this malfeasance, all of these, this deep state cabal of people who've enriched themselves for so long to our detriment, I'm so grateful that it's been exposed. And particularly the part about silencing our speech, the DHS, uh, uh, the HHS, CDC, IRS, all of the government agencies controlled your speech, shut you down. And people are going to have to be held accountable. Coming up, uh, lots of news with regard to the Ivy League and their anti-Semitism and how America is uh, biting back and fighting back and defunding. We'll get to all of that as well as your phone calls at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Liz Collin, the creator of the Fall of Minneapolis documentary, The Lie of uh, George Floyd, the movement, the faux movement, which is as fake as the anti-Semitism movement around the world following another fake news event, the bombing of a hospital by Israel that never happened. So we'll get to that at the uh, bottom of the hour. Um, here's something kind of interesting. Uh, average mortgage payments on a new home have risen 90%. Since Joe Biden took office. <laughs> Unbelievable. Experts are warning buyers not to hold off in hope the costs of fall, uh, are falling since high interest rates are here to stay. So the average new home payment is $3,300, up from $1,746 at the end of 2020. Interest rates above 7%. Yeah. So much for that dream of uh, home ownership until you retire and using that money, right? It looks like you're going to be sitting on it for a while. Maybe it's time to take some of your liquid assets. Like my wife and I, we had a, a little 401k that I had from, uh, from selling cars, little uh, retirement account. It's not, you know, it's not enough to retire on. It will pay for a, you know, a few months of, <laughs> of all your, your bills. But uh, we decided to convert it to precious metals and sit on it for a while. And we got in touch with Swiss America because it's a company that we trust. I mean, the same person has been in charge of Swiss America for 30 years. Unlike a lot of these other fly-by-night precious metals hawkers out there, Swiss America is for real. A-plus rating from the BBB. And, and we're under a lot of duress right now, financially in this country, and also 
the threat of the possibility of converting our currency into a digital currency like they're doing in China. And don't tell me they're not doing it right now because about six bank branches within two miles of my house have gone out of business in the last year. If you want to know more about uh, investing in precious metals and you want to know about this, this secret war on cash that's going on, call Swiss America today. Here's the number. Just mention my name, okay, to get this free booklet, The Secret War on Cash, 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. You can also uh, just go to SwissAmerica.com slash Carson for The Secret War on Cash. Um, Home ownership, you know, (laughs) many people have been predicting for a very long time, this government is trying to end home ownership, and they're well on the way. They're well on the way to making them completely unaffordable. So, again, the number for Swiss America is 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Carson if you would like to know uh, more about that. All right. Um, Let's see. What haven't I covered here? I've got a lot of stuff here that I need to hit upon. Oh, Jack Smith. Jack Smith apparently conducted a chilling search of Donald Trump's private communications for the January the 6th trial. Unprecedented, by the way. He also, if you uh, liked or, uh, or uh, reposted a Trump tweet, you're on the list, too. This, uh, this man, honestly, uh, he's going to have to face the music for what he's doing to this. Politico says special counsel Jack Smith has extracted data from the cell phone of Donald Trump used while the White House and plans to present evidence of his findings to a Washington, D.C. jury to demonstrate how Trump used his phone in the weeks during which he attempted to subvert the 2020 election. The problem is he did it without telling the defense. He did it without telling the defense. Jack Smith is not only targeting Donald Trump's communications from his time as commander-in-chief while attempting to undercut his claims of executive immunity. He's also targeting millions of Trump supporters. In late November, it was revealed that the DOJ prosecutors collected a massive amount of data about every president's social media activity, including information on every account that liked or followed or retreated him. I'm on that list, and I'm going to tell you right now, I am Spartacus, all right? So bring it! Twitter appears to have been, uh, have provided the DOJ with vast volumes of material under compulsion. Jack Smith sought and appears to have gotten information on all users Trump followed, unfollowed, muted, unmuted, blocked or unblocked, as well as all users who followed, unfollowed, muted, unmuted, blocked or unblocked Trump. That is, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That is Soviet. Smith also requested that Twitter provide information on all lists of Twitter users who have favorited or retweeted posts by Trump, as well as all tweets that include the username associated with the account. The DOG request also wanted information on Trump's geolocation, private messages, search history, and contact information. They couldn't, of course... uh, use the geolocation to find out who tried to burn down St. John's Church and drive Donald Trump and his wife and son into the bunker during the summer of 2020. They couldn't use geolocation to find out who burned down the liquor store in Minneapolis during the George Floyd riots, and they found the owner's dead, uh, crusty, burned body in the basement days later. Couldn't find the geolocation data on that, but they can certainly go after Donald Trump. I'm telling you guys. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. We are uh, sitting on a keg of dynamite here, and the American people are angry, angry, angry. And, uh, and I don't think any of this is going to stand. 
because we know the truth. We do, we do, we do. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about the fall of Minneapolis' amazing new documentary with its creator. After this break, this is The Rob Carson Show. Bam! The holiday season is here, and we both know that the most wonderful time of the year can also be the most stressful, right? Two words, Omaha Steaks. I was so happy and so impressed with the quality of Omaha Steaks when I received a gift pack. I started sending them to some of my family, and they loved it. It's sort of become a family tradition, naturally aged for the ultimate tenderness, something that you'll notice right away, along with the juiciness and flavor of the world's best beef. This holiday season, skip the guesswork and skip the stress. Give them the guaranteed perfection of Omaha Steaks, a wide variety, plus mouth watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, and even easy-to-prepare meals. Do not wait. Go to omahasteaks.com to save 50% off site-wide and use the promo code CARSON to save an additional $30 on your order. A minimum order may be required. Your friends, family, or business associates will love it. omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide right now, and don't forget about the promo code CARSON. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code CARSON, C-A-R-S-O-N. George Floyd. Murder. Murder and manslaughter. Murder of George Floyd. Peaceful protest overnight in the Twin Cities. They've been very peaceful. The crowd continues to be peaceful. 846, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. 9 minutes and 29 seconds. Actually, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. By the way, that particular technique is not authorized by the NMPD. Is this a trained Minneapolis Police Department technique? This is a trailer for the fall of Minneapolis. Uh, It's personal for me because, uh, A, I'm an American who saw through this ruse like I saw through uh, Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown as a ruse and the uh, subsequent uprisings and violence and murder that uh, happened. But, of course, George Floyd took the cake, uh, costing Minneapolis hundreds of millions of dollars, the country $2 billion, at least 28 or 29 lives, including a police officer in uh, St. Louis and uh, countless businesses being driven out of business ushering on all sorts of idiocy like getting rid of uh, history, getting rid of the Redskins and Aunt Jemima, among other things. The creator of this new documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis, is Liz Collin, and I am delighted to have her on the Newsmax hotline. I've been waiting for a while to get her on, and Liz, welcome to The Rob Carson Show. Rob, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for supporting the film. You were an early, early supporter. Appreciate it. Yeah. Now, let me uh, ask you this, Liz. I used to live in Minneapolis. I lived in Uptown and then South Minneapolis. Uh, I moved there in 1995. Uptown was already a little bat guano crazy. Uh, But Uptown really went up in flames. That area of South Minneapolis is uh, a wreck right now, including some of the places that I used to go. Um, You've discovered a lot uh, when you made this documentary. Can Can I ask you first and foremost, what is the onus? What did you expect to find when you created this documentary and you began your research? 
Yeah, just to back up a bit, I was a mainstream media reporter during the time this all all took place on uh, May 25th, 2020. I was a longtime uh, CBS news anchor and reporter, but I've been bothered by the mainstream media for, for quite a while. But I'd never seen anything like this, that we were privy to information that we were just not passing on to the public. Um, information that I think could have could have changed the course of, of all of the consequences we're, we're living to the, to this day. Um, I was married, uh, still am married, but he's a retired police officer now. He was serving yeah. as the uh, police union president. Um, but, you know, this is the first time a Minneapolis, um, Minneapolis police withheld their body camera footage uh, in any, any sort of critical incident. Um, that's never happened before. Um, and that's simply because the, the body camera f- footage uh, tells a much different story. Um, from the you know viral Facebook video we were all allowed to see over and over again. Also, you have the chief of police in, in Minneapolis and the mayor of Minneapolis saying the very next day after this that uh, you know whatever these officers are, are doing, this is not a part of um, training, um, you know, not an approved te- technique. And clearly, in the body camera footage, you hear the officers discussing this this MRT. Um, but I went to the police training manual. Um, and, you know, there's two pages missing mysteriously, um, oh. you know, off of the website where the, the manual has been for, for years. Wow. Uh, but, but again, so much information that uh, the media knew and they, they simply didn't seem to, to care about. There were a lot of things going on there, uh, not only media covering up things, but also uh, a judge in charge of the trial that uh, did his level best to uh, keep the trial in Minneapolis. It was obviously a charade. Uh, uh, Derek Chauvin ended up bearing the brunt of it. Um, I have read uh, there was another uh, case going on in Minneapolis where the results of George Floyd's autopsy shows that he did not die of a compression injury. He did not die of suffocation. He had enough fentanyl in his system to be fatal. In fact, when he was being arrested, he had a, a pill on his tongue that he attempted to swallow as he was being taken. Can you give us a, a little bit of, of the background on what was happening that day and what happened before Derek Chauvin uh, put his, uh, his, his knee on George Floyd? Yeah, so um, I, I wanted to, to say too, Rob, I put out a book uh, on all of this originally um, last year called "They're Lying: uh, The Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd." But we wanted to kind of take it take it one more step here with the documentary. And I, and I sh- should say too, this documentary is free. We believe that the, the truth wow. uh, should should be free in all of this. Um, so it's just on the fall of Minneapolis dot uh, com, where we have millions of views at this point, which actually gives me some hope that people still care about the truth. But, <laughs> yes. But you're yes. right, um, Derek Chauvin. Um, is actually, um, he volunteers to, to work that day. He's not even scheduled to, to go in. And, and he's not the first on, on the scene. Many people don't know it's a black officer who arrested George Floyd that day. And we speak to him in the film. Alex King is his name. Uh, he's obviously behind bars, so we speak to him from, from prison. And, uh, you know, his third day on the job, and he's now a, a lifelong felon in the wake of, of all this. But, but you also have um, George Floyd talking about how he can't breathe long before Derek Chauvin even arrived on scene. Um, You also have, um, you have George Floyd complaining uh, about that. He just, just had COVID. He's pulled out of a a cramped vehicle to be, to be arrested because he's not, you know, not, not complying and um, whatnot, but also he won't go into the back of a squad car because he's claustrophobic. He says his, his mother just, just died. Well, she had died years earlier. Um, So there's so, so, so many things that he's saying. Um, and I think uh, a couple things that, that that truly matter as well is you have George Floyd himself asking to be laid on the ground, but also um, you have Thomas Lane captured in all of the body camera footage calling for an ambulance 36 seconds 
after that happens. But instead, there's this mantra sort of repeated uh, by the media, uh, by our politicians here in Minnesota and all across the country, sort of coming up with these, these new time frames and, uh, you know, the I can't breathe chant. And, and just so much of this has been a lie. Why? um why, do you think there was a, a plan locked and loaded uh, by the left uh, for something like this to happen? Because they they tried this before with uh, Trayvon Martin, and it succeeded with to some degree uh, with the Mike Brown. Another lie again. The uh, the officer there was uh, shooting him as Mike Brown was high on uh, whatever he was high on, charged him after trying to take the officer's gun and walking away. Uh, do you suppose that this was uh, a trigger that? some on the left were hoping to use to to spark this violent uprising in the summer of 2020? I think that we had the, the perfect people in the perfect positions uh, for this to play out in, in Minnesota. Um, amazingly, they, they've been reelected in the, in the wake of all of this, but that includes uh, the, the mayor of Minneapolis, uh, Jacob Fry. You have uh, the attorney general of Minnesota, Keith Ellison. A longtime uh, cop hater that is well well documented. He, in fact, was he represented gang members. That's uh, his work as a as an attorney uh, before you know be- becoming uh, Minnesota's top law enforcement officer. Uh, but but nobody wanted to question the background of all of these uh, people. They clearly used this for their uh, agenda. You also had, of course, a presidential election coming up. Um, yes. So, so they used this, you know, and, and, and hid, this, it's well documented, you know, hid a lot of this uh, evidence along the way. Even with the, the, the trial, we dedicated an entire section of the movie, uh, of the book, book as well, to the, the trial of Derek Chauvin, um, because so many people think, well, you know, he was found guilty by um, a, a jury of his, his peers, but it wasn't so much what the jury was allowed to see, but, but again, what they were not. Unbelievable. Now, Derek Chauvin, they attempted to murder him a few weeks ago uh, by an FBI informant, by the way. What do you know about this FBI informant? Uh, and uh, and why would he attempt to uh, kill Derek Chauvin on the eve of when your documentary was released? Yeah, it's uh, just absolutely terrible. We were obviously um, just sick, um, still, still are, um, that this happened. But so the film does raise uh, a lot of issues with, with the FBI. You have uh, the FBI being called into this case within just a couple hours of its happening. That's never yeah. happened before in a Minneapolis incident. You have 27 FBI uh, agents on the witness list uh, for the for the prosecution. So um, then it's nine days after we released the film that, that Derek Chauvin is, is stabbed uh, by a former FBI informant. He's been in this um, facility in, in Tucson for 15 months without any issues at all. Uh, Derek Chauvin, and he happens to be making copies the day after Thanksgiving in, in prison, and he's you know stabbed from behind 22 times. So there are still so many questions of, about all of that. Um, you know, he's considered stable. He's back in the in the prison now, but in sort of a medical facility and unable to call as much as he used to. But um, yeah, this guy only had three years left of his sentence to serve um, after he'd been behind bars for decades, and he decides to, to do this when, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel for his sentence. So, again, just really a lot of questions here. 
Well, I uh, certainly have a lot of questions. When you look at the FBI, uh, the summer of 2020, the uh, fact that the FBI uh, did nothing to uh, to go after the people who burned and destroyed uh, the cities, uh, drove uh, Donald Trump into the White House bunker with his wife, tried to burn down St. John's Church. The FBI also was very involved in censoring all information that was counter to the government's narrative. I have no doubt at all that the FBI was a part of this because the FBI was involved in electioneering. The FBI was involved in covering up Hunter Biden's laptop in time for the election. The FBI was was uh, uh, in charge of shutting down speech uh, using the uh, Global Disinformation Index and uh, and CISA, among other things. So I have no doubt that this was uh, this this case was used during an election year for a number of reasons. Um, what do you hope happens now and what do you suppose could happen with regard to the police officers who are still in jail now that we know so much about this case and, uh, and this uh, court case uh, that, was, uh, that was unfair? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, sadly, it was actually just about four days after putting out the documentary, the U.S. Supreme Court came back and, yes. and uh, denied Derek Chauvin's appeal. But there are some, you know, new legal maneuvers um, they're exploring. You know, you, you talked about the, the new um, deposition that came to light, basically, about just the amount of pressure that the medical examiner admits to being under. Um, he, you know, he says himself that this is the kind of case that ends careers, basically, if he doesn't come to the same conclusion as the, as wow. the public narrative um, had, had spun up. So anyway, there's there's a lot that happened very early on in this case that these officers were not privy to. And some of that information is coming out now. Um, so that'll be something, obviously, we continue to, to follow. O- overall, too, my hope is that, you know, uh, are, are we OK? People need to question this. Are we OK with the, with the media uh, manipulating <laughs> the, the truth and, the, and these politicians? Is this the kind of justice system we want in this country? And I think that, you know, there's so many examples. You brought up, obviously, several of them um, that we just have to decide if, if this is how we're, we're going to move forward. Are we going to fight back in some way? Are we going to support our law enforcement? You know, we're, we're not helpless in this situation. Unbelievable. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, Liz Collin, the creator of The Fall of Minneapolis, the book They're Lying as well, which I, I'm going to get a copy of. Um, uh, did you work locally for CBS? Did you work at CCO or did you work for CBS Corp? Uh, C- C- okay. So you worked at CCO. I'm very familiar. I, I used to work at KS95. I did the morning show there. I was associated with Hubbard Broadcasting for about five years doing morning drive in Minneapolis. Um, how are your uh, former cohorts at WCCO crea- uh, treating you? now that you have uh, decided you want to expose the truth about this? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as I've said with corporate media, I w- was pretty dis- disgusted and disappointed um, for, a, for a long time for, for a lot of reasons. Again, just pushing propaganda. I just felt like who feels good about themselves doing this every day when uh, you know, the, <laughs> these are, you know, these, these are lies. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, you do see, you know, a lot of people choose money over morals. That's uh, that's common. Um, but uh, but I I, I, you know, and being married to a police officer as well, um, this obviously all all hit home. But I will say, you know, the mainstream media on on this film, you know, I think we're up to five million views at, at this point. But wow. no one from the mainstream media 
uh, has called me for an interview. So uh, that, <laughs> I think that goes, that goes to, to show you know what, what we're up against here. Well, I, uh, I wish you the best. What is Minneapolis life like right now? I remember when I lived there, uh, the only thing I hated about it was the winters. Um, they're like childbirth. You forget about them in the summer, uh, and then you decide that you want to live there some more. Uh, how is life in well, Minneapolis, in Uptown, in South Minneapolis, in St. Louis Park, in all of these areas that were wrecked? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's been, been sad, to, to be honest. Uh, it, there's a reason we, we called the film The Fall of Minneapolis. Uh, many places are, are simply just unrecognizable now. Uh, you had 1,500 businesses uh, either damaged or destroyed in the wake of Jeez, the riots. God. Very few have um, decided to rebuild. I think last year alone there were another 1,200 businesses that, that closed their doors. But but also we've had, we have crime here that we never had b- before. I, I mean, I'm sure in your time you probably thought it was a pretty peaceful, safe spot, yeah, uh, yeah. and it was. it was. Unbelievable. Well, I am grateful that you did this, Liz, and I'm really grateful to have finally gotten you on. Uh, the Fall of Minneapolis is the documentary. Is it available? For, it's available free. Go to fallofminneapolis.com. The uh, precursor to that, your book, They're Lying, I'm assuming, is uh, on Amazon and other places as well. You got it. It's all, right. um, it's all all there on Amazon. It's been an Amazon best bestseller for a long time, but we it's amazing how many more people you can get their attention if you just offer a free film. So I'm not yep. sure if there's much of a business model there, but uh, we'll keep we'll keep plugging away. <laughs> all right, Liz. Uh, God bless you, and thanks for doing what you do. A very uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. And uh, anytime you do anything, we are your ally. Ally for lack of a uh, you know a. a, a really overused expression <laughs> but thank you for joining us thank you rob very very much uh, god bless and merry christmas to you too all right very good the fall of minneapolis.com the fall of minneapolis.com i'm going to try to watch this tonight tonight's my tv day but i'm definitely going to watch it tomorrow i think you should as well let's take a break and come back this is the rob carson show everybody millions watch newsmax for the best of cable news we're expanding with newsmax plus all the great shows greta von susteren rob schmidt greg kelly eric bowling and moa also uh, you can see the archive of my tv show called rob carson's what in the world donald trump says i'm the funniest guy on tv there you go there you go Nobody covers President Trump like Newsmax. If you'd like to test drive Newsmax Plus, just go to Newsmax Plus. Spell out the plus. Newsmaxplus.com. Sign up for a free trial. It takes you just minutes, just minutes. So uh, Vladimir Zelensky came to uh, Washington, D.C. to uh, perform acts of uh, oral gratification on, uh, on uh, members of Congress to try to get a whole bunch of money for a war. Americans are not behind. Here is what uh, J.D. Vance had to say about that, talking to Steve Bannon. Absolutely. We're going to be asked to rebuild their entire country. That's after funding another $100, $200 billion in military conflict. There's $300 billion on top of that to rebuild the country. Then we've got to pay for their pension. We're getting easily a half a trillion dollars in the hole for the Ukraine conflict by the time this is done. And Steve, at the very same time, you have people in this town saying we need to cut Social Security. There are people who would cut Social Security, throw our grandparents into poverty. Why? So that one of Zelensky's ministers can buy a bigger yacht? Kiss my ass, Steve. It's not happening. I like that. Let's hear that again. That's kind of cool. Why? So that one of Zelensky's ministers can buy a bigger yacht? Kiss my ass, Steve. It's not happening. Yeah, and here is uh, Paul... 
Paul, uh, Rand Paul, talking about how uh, we aren't even supporting the democracy over there. The war in Ukraine is a fight to save democracy. But those who say that need to be honest with themselves. Ukraine is far from a shining example of democracy. Not sure why there's music behind this cut, but just look past it. And while the strain of war can make for questionable government actions, we have to live with them when the war is over. For all the platitudes about America supporting democracy and making the world safe for democracy, the Woodrow Wilson advocates among us, the biggest recipient of American welfare, Ukraine, canceled its next presidential election. You're telling me we're sending $100 billion to a country that's not going to have elections? Yeah, and they're trying to do the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. Here's J.D. Vance on why this uh, jackweed is in our country. You have a foreign leader coming to the United States like we're some sort of geopolitical salvation army. That is not the role of the United <laughs> States here, is to hand out money to every beggar who comes into our country and demands that we fund uh, their foreign conflict. This is, step back a second, Steve. We have to understand that Republicans, for once in this town, have actually stood pretty firm the last couple of weeks on the question of border security and said, you're not going to get another dime for Ukraine unless you do something serious about the American southern border. So Zelensky is parachuting into this domestic political debate about prioritizing our own border. He's not here to tell us anything we haven't heard before. He's here to badger and browbeat Speaker Johnson and Senate Republicans into foregoing our negotiations on border security in order to write him another blank check. Yeah, we're done. Our border needs to be shut down and not another damn dime for Ukraine, border or not. That's what I say. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. You may be missing Newsmax's best shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, and a lot more. So they launched Newsmax Plus, and more than 150,000 people have already signed up. Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or home TV. And with Newsmax Plus, you get N2, their streaming channel, plus documentaries, movies, specials, and more. Newsmax Plus just launched actor John Voight's new series on Israel. And Newsmax Plus even has the best Donald Trump shows ever. So get Newsmax Plus today. It won't cost you anything to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com for your free trial. There's no risk. So go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. Try it for free today. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this is our number three of The Rob Carson Show. Coming up, Bob Popper of Judicial Watch. He's one of the uh, lead attorneys there. And he wants to talk a little bit about getting uh, ineligible voter names off the voter rolls. He was able to do so in Washington, D.C. And uh, Judicial Watch is amazing. Tom Fitton's organization, uh, they are warriors for uh, truth. And they uh, they are, I mean, every week is a constant battle with the deep state. And Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch always bring game, and uh, and they get things done. They're an amazing group. So I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Bob Popper at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I want to mention uh, uh, Ken, my producer, who I call Redneck MacGyver, uh, got his Omaha Steaks yesterday. I, I wanted to do something special because he's uh, 
really hardworking dude, does a great job on a podcast every day. And, and I said that, you know, this would be great. And he called me this morning and he said, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's so good. Oh, my God. And he did an unconventional. He put a, a, a Omaha steak in that air fryer. All right. Now, I know you're thinking, you can't do it. Yeah, you can. It actually is a good way to bring it up to temperature. Then you can finish it on the grill. It's like when you sous vide. I know a lot about cooking. I'm a gourmet cook myself. But if you do a sous vide, which is putting it in a plastic bag and putting it in hot water and cooking it, bringing it up to temperature, finish it on the grill to put a sear on it. It's a pretty good. He said it was the best steak he's ever had. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me because they're amazing. So anyway, uh, Merry Christmas. And, and others will get that. Uh, OmahaSteaks.com and uh, 50% off everything site-wide. And then and use my name at checkout, another 30 bucks off. So Omaha Steaks News Carson. There you go. Harvard has lost a staggering $1 billion in donation over its handling of uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitism on campus. Alumni Bill Ackman, who's a billionaire, claims uh, as uh, President Claudine Gay faces pressure to resign and a bunch of leftists are coming out as supportive. And I say, go for it, man. Support her all you want. Because Harvard uh, is always, at least for a very long time, are going to be uh, thought very negatively by a good share of the population because of the testimony by the three Karens on Capitol Hill the other day. And uh, they're, they're typical, elitist, uh, snobby, liberal Karens. Uh, they uh, they uh, spouted the same talking points. They thought that their, uh, I guess, commandment of the language would be a distraction, I guess, from the fact that they said nothing. And they were snarky and they were smarmy and they thought they were so smug and they thought, oh, we'll just answer the same thing and all of this. And then we all realized that they were cowards and they had allowed this. And I told you this when all of this happened. I said, this has been locked and loaded for a very long time. Harvard, Columbia, uh, UPenn, uh, all of these organizations on campus, they've infiltrated the campus for years. Anti-Semitism has been going on for years. I'm grateful that this uncovered it, that this, this faux movement, this astroturf movement that was started after a fake story of a bombing of a hospital following the worst murder, sex crime spree the world has seen in a thousand years. Sickening, sickening, sickening. This is Representative Jim Banks talking about uh, the fact that Liz McGill of UPenn, who, by the way, gets tens of millions of dollars from China and put Joe Biden on the payroll as a uh, non-present faculty member while China was giving UPenn all of this money. Well, hopefully that comes soon. I mean, remember, McGill didn't just resign. She's just going to the law school to teach. And the reason that she left is because she lost a $100 million donation to the university. So hopefully MIT and Harvard hear from their donors as well. I mean, this is all about money for them. And that's why the House Education Committee last week under Dr. Fox, our chair's leadership, launched a further investigation into these schools. We're going to subpoena their records, their emails, Yay. any documents, anything Yay. that proves that these universities aren't creating a safe environment for their Jewish students. And if they aren't, 
then we're going to pull their federal funding. That's the bottom line. So if it's about the money to get these universities to do the right thing, then they could not just lose major donations, but lose the federal funding. I hope so. I hope. And I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope that they are uh, forced to dig, dig into those endowments that they've sat on tax-free for decades. You have no expectation as a parent to send your kid off to college, pay for the damn college, have them return angry, America-hating communists who hate you. That's obscene, and it's gone on too bloody long in this country. That's why so many employers are now saying, you know what, we don't need a college degree. We don't want uh, uh, an attitudinal, Gen Z, brainwashed, human turd working at our company. Unbelievable. Even even old Fareed Zakaria on CNN uh, came out against higher education. Rob Schmidt, uh, Schmidt on uh, Newsmax covered this last night. You know, CNN's Fareed Zakaria, um, I, I think, shocked a lot of people. We have to understand the broad shift that has taken place at elite universities, which have gone from being centers of excellence to institutions pushing political agendas. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas, many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. The pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. 100%. They're creating uh, political apparatchiks who are useless. Useless little revolutionaries. Little snowflake revolutionaries. Uh, this is Chris Brunette uh, talking with uh, Rob Schmidt last night. He is from the American Conservative talking about now the revolution against higher education. Chris Brunette exposed all of this in a fantastic piece along with Chris Rufo. Brunette is the contributing editor of the American Conservative. He joins us now. Right. Well, she was inaugurated as president a little over 100 days ago. And uh Talking about Claudine Gay of Harvard. It's been a disaster. It's been scandal after scandal after scandal. In fact, her whole career has been scandal after scandal. I've written extensively about it from bullying scandals. She bullies people. Yep. Um, she sweeps other people's corruption under the rug. She, she, does, she does a lot of dirty work at Harvard. And on top yep. of that, her record as a scholar is kind of crappy. Like, uh, she's only published 10 <laughs> papers in her entire career. And to put that in perspective, Larry Summers, who was president... Uh, couple of presidencies before her he yeah. published uh, 19 in one year which is double her entire career output now by the way i'm not against uh, higher education there were some things that i did in college that were very valuable there are a lot of things that i uh, classes i took in college were completely unnecessary and a waste of time but i think the butt is off the rose as far as needing a college education to be able to succeed uh, I feel pleased with my son's education. He went to the University of Kansas. He's a business major. He's now working for Price Waterhouse Cooper, right out of college. Hell yeah! He came back home, uh, kind of uh, indoctrinated to the left, very left leaning, and then he had to live at home for a year and listen to my show every day. <laughs> but you know, I went to a little Northwest Missouri State University. Right? It's a great broadcasting school. Uh, I've not been invited to come back to speak at Northwest. I've not been invited to come back, even though I'm the most successful broadcast alumni, I think arguably the most successful broadcast alumni from Northwest Missouri State in the 30-plus years that it will, uh, have taken place since I was, was since I graduated. 
for a number of reasons. Nationally syndicated comedy writer, nationally syndicated uh, uh, radio host, TV host, uh, invited to Mar-a-Lago for dinner. I can go on and on. But uh, never, you know, never get a call. And then I go to the, the website and I see all these broadcast professors who were born probably after I graduated uh, who use multiple pronouns as a broadcast professor. And I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. Screw you guys. Screw your woke bullcrap. And then I saw that DEI bullcrap when I was at the student union for my broadcast mom's funeral. And I'm not going to have anything nor to do with it until they, they pull their heads out of their rear ends. Victor Davis Hanson is... Uh, just amazing. I, I swear to God, love hearing this guy. He was on with uh, Eric Bowling last night. He is an academic. He's also a farmer. Did you know that? I want to get him on the phone. On the phone. I'm going to get him on this show. It is my goal because I really, this is a man who crafts his words so beautifully and his thoughts are so original. Talking about the three university harpies on Capitol Hill. Well, I, I think the biggest problem that all three presidents have and most presidents in higher education, especially at the elite use universities have is, Eric, they're not telling the truth. They're lying. When they say it, context matters, they're not defenders of the free of the First Amendment, oh, free no. speech. Context never matters to them. No. If you substitute the word Latino, black, trans, gay for Jews, they would have expelled anybody Amen. in a nanosecond. They do all the time. So they have zero tolerance for an off-color joke, uh, a pun about somebody who's overweight, the wrong term for African-American. And then to get up there and lie and suggest that they're advocates of free speech and they're the custodians of the First Amendment didn't even wash. Nobody believed them. Yeah. You know what? The more the university and these academics circle the wagons around the two remaining harpies from hell who appeared on Capitol Hill the other day, the more you and I need to say, uh, screw them. MIT uh, and Harvard and Columbia and Georgetown, Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., where they put up on signs from the river to the sea the uh, projections on the library there named after a Jewish donor. The, the children need a spanking, all right? The children need a spanking, and this movement needs a beatdown, uh, seriously. This is a little bit more from uh, Victor Davis Hanson on the arrogance of academia and what we need to do. No, they're lawless. You see, they think that their intellect, such as it is, and their morality are so superior to the rest of us. That they're really not smarter than us. Okay, they're not. They're not smarter than us. They, they, are, they uh, are textbook smart. They know of things, but they have no intelligence. They're not smart people. You know, I don't care. It could be a welder who, uh, who's smarter than Claudine Gay. Uh, there is a, you know, somebody working, uh, you know, working in a car wash probably has a better grasp of common sense than Claudine Gay does when it comes to denouncing anti-Semitism and Jewish genocide than Claudine Gay. He means necessary or allowable. To but she's a DEI hire. Yeah, I said it. It's pretty obvious. Get these noble uh, ends of uh, radical equality or equality of result. So they don't care what the Supreme Court says. They don't care what the public says. They don't even care what the donor class says in most cases. I think the first thing you do is say, except maybe for the first billion dollars, so small colleges would not be affected uniformly. We just say we're going to tax the endowment oh, oh, income. Oh, yep. Number two, we have to take a big look at the several billion dollars we send these in, these universities and research support monies. Finally, I really think we have to take a look at tenure and this idea of lifetime employment. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. I, this is 30 years ago that I went to college. 
And there were tenured professors there. You could tell they didn't give a crap. They didn't give a damn. And they love having, and really they're sadistic people because they know they got, you know, anywhere from 30 to 300 people in their class and none of them would dare to challenge them on their political opinions because they're so terrified of getting exposed and getting flunked. That's the way it was when I was in college. I remember taking a sociology class and this, this witch uh, decided to blame me for slavery. That was 30 years ago. Oh, yeah, slavery is your fault. I'm like, no, and I dropped the class. Said this is nonsense. Uh, this is uh, Stanford student Kevin Figulis talking to jo- J- uh, Rob Schmidt about what's going on at Stanford. Same thing. They are handling it in a terrible manner. I have to tell you that the university should be ashamed of itself. The administration should be ashamed of themselves for the way they are handling this. They're not treating Jewish students as other minority students nope. might be treated. Nope. They're sweeping every problem that we come to them with under the rug completely. Yep. Uh, we report tons of incidents to them, incidents that include intimidation, targeted harassment, uh, threats from <laughs> even professors saying that uh, they are celebrating that Jewish students do not feel safe on camp. You know, you heard the expression, uh, uh, what, red is the new black or orange is the new black. Uh, apparently being Jews, is, uh, Jews are the, uh, are the new white uh, 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 straight males. Apparently on campus. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. The war on Christmas rages on, and here's our John Rambo. It's the Rob Carson Show. I think I'm John McClain, actually. I mentioned yesterday that... uh, I had seen online that uh, instead of just, uh, you know, cookies for Santa Claus and uh, carrots for Rudolph, you should also leave a 9mm Ruger, some Twinkies, a pair of shoes, and a lighter in your furnace vent for John McClain. I, I think that's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds is under fire for a uh, satanic idol and altar on uh, display at the Iowa State Capitol at Christmas time. You know why? Because Satanists are D-words for Richard. This isn't about freedom of expression. This is just about evil people doing really stupid and awful things. It really is. And honestly, uh, screw them. The outrage and disgust for the satanic display is widespread. An Iowa lawmaker has demanded that Kim Reynolds remove the satanic display from the Iowa Capitol building. Brad Sherman doesn't just want to remove the satanic mirrored caped statue of Baphomet, complete with a black and red holiday wreath. See, this is where they're D-words, with a pentagram in the center, but wants to make sure nothing like this happens again. This is actually not individual speech. This is uh, uh, taunting. Um, It's disgusting. It's demeaning. The outrage and disgust for the satanic display is widespread, but few people think there is much that can be legally done about it because of free speech, freedom of religion, etc. Uh, that, that apparently, no, not so much, Sherman said. He uh, pointed out that while Iowa's constitution is supreme court law, a supreme law of the state, it establishes the legal foundation upon which other state laws are built. That doesn't mean Satan worship should be going on in the state capitol building. By his assessment, this means that Iowa recognized there is one supreme God and that all blessings over the state of Iowa come from the one supreme God. And it's, you know, in God we trust, not in Satan. It is a tortured and twisted interpretation of the law that affords Satan, who is universally understood to be the enemy of God, religious expression equal to God in an institution of government that depends upon God for continued blessings. You know, 
They're just T-words, that's all. Hostages abducted into Gaza during Hamas' October the 7th attack on Israel were drugged to keep them docile in captivity and subjected to psychological and sexual abuse. I've never seen anything like that in 20 years of treating trauma victims. Renana Etan, director of the psychiatric division of Tel Aviv's uh, Ikolov Medical Center, the physical, the sexual, mental, psychological abuse of these hostages that came back is just terrible. The center has received 14 ex-hostages released by uh, Hamas. They report being drugged, uh, including with uh, what doctors believe were bio-diazepines, a class of depressant with a sedative. One of the girls was given ketamine for weeks. They became psychotic. They had hallucinations, among other things. The stories of rape, and I, I don't have time to get to it, uh, Peggy Noonan did a piece, um, and it's called The Rape of the Israeli Women. Little babies were murdered, some burned to death. Children forced to watch parents chase, beaten, and shot. Old couples murdered in their homes. Families who taken refuge in safe rooms burned out and killed. Hamas attempted to behead a kibitz, kibbutz worker, killed old women, uh, women standing at a bus stop. Women were abused, raped. It seems certain, but I un- didn't understand. From day one, the last perceived such emphasis, defenders of Hamas kept demanding proof and claiming there was no evidence of it. Turns out that rape was the was the weapon that was going to be used. It's clear that sexual crimes were part of the planning, and the purpose was to terrify and humiliate people. Yoni Sadan was 39, father of four, was hiding. He saw a young woman was being raped. She tried to fight back, not allowing them to strip her. They threw her to the ground, and one of the terrorists took a shovel and beheaded her. Those who volunteered to collect bodies started uh, reporting that many of the women were naked and bleeding from the genitals. No one saw more than this. It seemed their mission was to rape as many as possible. Multiple signs of sexual assault, including broken pelvises, bruises, cuts, and tears, and the victims ranged from children to teenagers to pensioners, detailed the gang rape, mutilation, execution of one victim. The BBC saw videos of naked, bloody women filmed by Hamas the day of the attack. This is why Gaza must be evacuated, the innocents evacuated, and the entire region raised to powder. The peaceful people who want to stay and live with Israelis and Jews can stay. The rest can be exiled. There you go. That's what I got to say about it. Bob Popper, Judicial Watch, is next. Don't go anywhere. we got a special guest coming up in a second, Bob Popper from the uh, Judicial Watch. But before that, uh, U.S. drug shortages hit a record high. Lawmakers warned they could mean life or death for millions of patients. One of the uh, most notable medicines in short supply is the antibiotic amoxicillin, which has been used to treat bacterial infections, including the new white lung outbreak in Ohio and China, among other places. I got my emergency medical kit. My producer, Ken, also got his emergency medical kit from the wellness company. It was put together by this guy, uh, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, who's one of the most uh, censored physicians in world history during COVID. And he was censored when he tried to prescribe ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, medicines that were used around the world as a a prophylaxis for COVID. But that was our government. So they're getting ahead of the curve on this one in case there is a supply chain crisis. And he created the wellness company and these emergency medical kits that you can have at home, including 
amoxicillin, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, any one of these that could come up at any time, everything from a, from a tick bite to a viral infection, uh, penicillin, uh, you know, all of these things are available to you in the emergency medical kit from the wellness company. And all you have to do is get a consultation, do it online. It doesn't take very long. They'll get an idea about your medical needs, your allergies and whatnot. And they'll put together this emergency medical kit for you and your family. If you have jumper cables in your car, you need an emergency medical kit. If you have extra water in the downstairs fridge in case the water goes out, you need an emergency medical kit. If you have a generator for electricity, you need an emergency medical kit. So go to the Wellness Company. Here's their website. Save 10% when you use this code. Go to twc.health slash Carson. twc.health slash Carson. I promise you, you will not regret the decision. Ken, my producer, said, wow, Rob, this is perfect. The Wellness Company, twc.health slash Carson. Do it. It'll come to you very quickly. You can have it in time for Christmas, your next family gathering. And all of that. Here is Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch talking about one thing they're uh, they're working on right now: cleaning up voter rolls, dirty voting rolls, increase the potential for voter fraud. As Washington D.C.'s quick cleanup of tens of thousands of names in response to Judicial Watch shows, there are potentially hundreds of thousands of names on the voter rolls that should be removed by California and Illinois. There you go. Uh, Tom Fitton is uh, creator of Judicial Watch. Bob Popper is a Judicial Watch lead attorney, and he joins us on the phone uh, on the Newsmax hotline. Bob, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on today. Thank you. It's great to be with you. You guys are doing, I don't even know where to start, Bob, because Judicial Watch has so many balls in the air right now. Uh, one of the things that I had read that uh, that 130% of eligible voters were registered in Washington, D.C. I saw that headline yesterday. But you guys have managed, and, and it looks like the, uh, the authorities in charge there have responded by getting ineligible voters off the rolls. Can you give us an update of what's going on there and where else you're doing this? Sure. Uh, there's a law called the National Voter Registration Act, and most people know it as the Motor Voter Law. Yeah. It was Bill Clinton's initiative to allow people to register to vote at the DMV. And it has another aspect to it, another section, that requires election integrity. And that was sort of the quid pro quo for greater access at the DMV. Since that law was passed, the Justice Department of various Democrat administrations have basically made war on it, tried to narrow it, and simply not enforced it. We're do I used to work at the Justice Department in the voting section. At Judicial Watch, I'm now doing the work that the Justice Department isn't doing. What we do is we sue to enforce and write letters to enforce the National Voter Registration Act to make states clean up their voter rolls and remove people who've moved out of state or died. Um, we often write these letters. Uh, we keep track of reports. And this is the state's own data. No one can say that we're getting the data wrong unless they got it wrong. <laughs> and we look at this data and we say, you've said you haven't removed, you know, just give you one example. In New York City, we sued because they said that the city of New York had removed, I think it was something like 22 voters in a two-year period because they moved, you know, can't be right. And in fact, New York City immediately caved and said, no, that's not right, and removed, to date, I think it's 565,000 more. Wow. Wow. So, you know, and you start to add up. All, all these states, you know, we, we settled in Pennsylvania. They said, uh, 
Oh, we've removed 178,000 people since Judicial Watch sent us a letter. Uh, we also contacted Allegheny County within a month. It's Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. There's a lot of Allegheny County. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but they removed 70,000 voters just because, you know, and they, they admitted this in public. And you start to add up all the people, wow. you know, who all the states that remove people because we write them letters and you get into millions. <laughs> so, now, it sounds like they're very responsive to you, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at uh, Tom Fitton's comments. You've removed over four million uh, ineligibles around the country, and it sounds like the way you're making it sound is like you write them a letter and they respond. But what sort of headwinds have you faced in trying to uh, defend voter integrity around the country as a judicial watch lawyer? Well, a number. I mean, you know, first of all, <laughs> when you're not fighting the Justice Department that's trying to narrow the statute, it's Supreme Court, you know, and that was in 2018. They failed. They failed to do so. But, you know, when, when you're not fighting, uh, uh, you know, hostile government forces that are hostile to the statute, you're fighting hostile states. Um, you know, they, they, you have to sue. To, sometimes the suit advances. Um, typically, we try to settle the case. Um, you know, and uh, the things you learn along the way are, are are kind of amazing. Um, we learned in Los Angeles County, for example, in our lawsuit there, that they had simply stopped enforcing the statute because uh, Clinton's Justice Department had told them that they couldn't enforce provisions of California law that enabled federal law. And that was in 1998. They made a deal with the Justice Department not to enforce the statute that was only a few years old at the time. Um, you know, now it's, it's uh, 30 years old. But uh, uh, because of that, they agreed, Los Angeles County agreed to send notices to 1.6 million people on the voter rolls who they believed had moved elsewhere. Unbelievable. You know, when, when you don't keep track of people for decades, I mean, many of those people were dead. Yeah. But it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that their uh, uh, ballots that may have been mailed out weren't used from by somebody else. No, it and, doesn't and mean that. Clearly, and, you know, there is a lot of that going on. Uh, there is. It's hard to track how much, but you know, every time you remove someone from the voter rolls, um, you're making that less possible and less likely. You know, when the four million that comes from adding up all the people who wrote to us and said. Well, we removed people once we got your nasty letter. Or, you know, once you threatened to sue us, we, we took, you know, this many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands off the rolls. The other is uh, points are from uh, settlements where, uh, you know, they, they concede to us in, in discovery and lawsuits and settlement how many people they're removing. Sometimes they remove them outright. Sometimes they just put them on the inactive list, which is... Uh, a necessary first step to removing them under yeah. the NVRA. But, yeah, I mean, you know, 4 million is a lot. I mean, there were 110 million ballots cast in the last presidential election, so 4 million mm. matters. Absolutely. Now, there have been reports that uh, some of these uh, NGOs that are bringing illegals and taking care of illegals and winning contracts to house illegals at exorbitant amounts, by the way, in places like New York are also instructing the illegals to register to vote. Uh, what have you heard about that and what is Judicial Watch uh, doing about it? Well, that that's a separate issue. Okay. Um, there are a number of places that allow 
uh, non-citizens to vote. Uh, technically, I believe no one allows uh, illegal entrants to the United States to vote. But, um, yes, uh, we do keep track of that. Periodically, uh, there's a, an accident where uh, illegal or certainly non-citizen voters are sent voter registration forms and voter registration information, and occasionally they register to vote and, and do vote. Um, you know, and whether it was all accidental or not, you know, there, there's that vote. And uh, uh, after the fact, you learn about it uh, sufficiently after an election that you're not going to undo anything. Yeah. Well, but, this is uh, why I think I think that they, they were. If you look at the uh, the previous election, let's look at that. They there was supposedly no uh, voter fraud whatsoever, uh, but they never in some states checked uh, uh, match signatures. Uh, they they immediately shut down any discussion that there could possibly be some ballots that weren't allowed. Don't you suppose that some of these illegals are being instructed on how to register, how to fill out a ballot, and then uh, just kind of sit back because there won't be an investigation of voter fraud afterwards because the election is already over. Well, yeah, yes, I, <laughs> that does happen. Um, and, you know, the penalties for uh, a voter fraud are often very low. The crime is often not recorded. States don't keep track of it. I mean, you know, but to your broader point, uh, it always cracks me up to hear that there's no voter fraud. I mean, you know, people cheat at computer solitaire. People cheat at baseball. Okay, people cheated anything where there are consequences, but they don't cheat at voting. I mean, you know, that, that's just not <laughs> cognizant of human nature. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that there are relatively few convictions nationwide is due to a lot of factors, including the absence of prosecution, the low penalties. I mean, you know, for, for double voting, I, I detected a statute once in the. Uh, I believe it was uh, Vermont, where yeah. the penalty was $200, $200 fine, no jail time. Uh, unbelievable. Okay. Uh, are you now? Are you involved much? I know. I know. Tom is uh, is working on a number of different fronts. I see him commenting on uh, what's going on with these uh, four uh, politi- clearly political indictments of Donald Trump going on that will keep him uh, completely swamped through the election year. Do you have any thoughts on uh, what's going on, for instance, in New York with Jack Smith, with uh, with what he has done, uh, not only gathering data on all of Donald Trump's Twitter followers people who have maybe reposted something, got a uh, reaction from Donald Trump online. Uh, what, do you, what do you know about uh, what the, the DOJ is doing to Donald Trump right now, uh, particularly with, the, with Jack Smith? Well, Tom knows a lot more about that. Than got it. Yeah, yeah, that's but fine. What I can tell you is that when you have political harassment of political figures, and if it's you know perceived that way, and when you have someone in New York running for prosecutor who promises to prosecute Donald Trump and then does. I mean, you know, it it paints a picture of a a banana republic. I mean, this this is how they run things in uh, countries where the law is not firmly in charge, where people and partisans are. I mean, I I think there's a, a saying attributed to a South American figure, and I forget exactly who it was, but the figure, the statement was, you know, for my friends, everything. For my enemies, the law. Yeah. You know, you, you reach a situation where the process is the punishment, even if there's complete exoneration. You know, yeah. I have a Tom DeLay faced something like this. I mean, it, it, this there are historical precedents for 
using politics and using prosecutions and using civil lawsuits to harass people. But when someone had 74 million votes cast in their favor in a recent election, you know, there should be a different kind of approach to that sort of uh uh, situation, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Bob Popper, I appreciate you being on the show uh, today to talk about uh, uh, voter integrity, and please give uh, Mr. Fitton our very best, the best to you, and a Judicial Watch this Christmas and a Hanukkah season, and a very happy New Year to you. Uh, it, if people you would like well. to... If, if, to, if people would like to help out Judicial Watch, just go to judicialwatch.org. Is that what you would suggest? Absolutely. Judicialwatch.org and... Uh, uh, you, you won't have any trouble finding us. All right. God bless you, brother. Have a glorious one. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you. All right. Let's take a break here and play a little song about Jack Smith. You're a mean one, Mr. Smith. I hope he goes to jail. The law you circumvent. And is disbarred. You defy the Constitution cause you have a Marxist bent, Mr. Smith. It's cold in his You're going to be in a whole lot of trouble when Trump's president. It's called a You're retribution. You're a mean one. What? Mr. Smith. Uh-huh. You've got to get a grip. Uh-huh. Last time you went to SCOTUS, you lost nine to zip, Mr. Smith. When they send you to prison, Jack, be sure to have a nice trip. Tim You're a mean one. What? Mr. Smith, you want a speedy trial. You're persecuting Trump because you're vicious and you're vile, Mr. Smith. Your so-called evidence is a big steaming pie. Nice! Let's take a break and come back. The last break of this Rob Carson show. Stick around. Tell you to show you how badly Washington D.C. has an advantage over you and I, and I told you that uh, there are people who move to Washington D.C. and they spend their entire lives telling us how to uh, how to live ours, and they become very rich. If you'd like to beat the stock market, just copy Congress. Yeah, politicians' trades performed twice as well as market average, and Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi's portfolio grew fifty percent in twenty twenty three. A tool which copies trades made by members of Congress and their families has gained nearly 20% this year, performing twice as well as the stock market average, 8 to 10%. And a separate tool which is dedicated to tracking Nancy Pelosi's investments reveals her portfolio has returned a remarkable 50% in the last 12 months, vastly outperforming 17% gains of the benchmark's S&P 500. Because, you know, they have inside, uh, insider trading uh, ability. They know where the money's going to go. Yeah, they know what subcommittee is going to come up with what and directs what number of billions of dollars to what, like green energy and whatnot. It's really, our government is more corrupt than anything we could have ever imagined in a third world hellhole. It is. It's worse than I could have ever imagined. We are. (laughs) We are worse than Cuba in many ways. It's remarkable. Mass immigration is making uh, finding stable jobs with pay uh, really hard to find for Americans, particularly black people. I know, I know. 
The New York Times suggests Joe Biden's policy to import as many foreign workers as business lobby requests hurt Americans looking for high-paying jobs with good benefits. A lot of people have just given up uh, looking for work altogether. Here's Stephen Camarada telling you the truth about Biden's unemployment numbers. There are now 44 million working-age U.S.-born Americans not in the labor force, about 10 million more than in 2000. These individuals do not show up as unemployed because they're not actively looking for work. You have to look for work in the last four weeks. If the participation rate overall of the U.S.-born would just return, say, to the level in 2000, it would add 6 million workers to the U.S. workforce. A large body of research shows the decline has enormous negative consequences for society, including contributing to crime, drug overdose, social isolation, welfare dependency, and suicide. Illegal immigration is not the only reason for this decline in work. However, using immigration to keep down wages makes work less attractive. It's torturous when you can't make a living. It's torturous. The majority of jobs added in November were from the government, Healthcare or leisure or hospitality sectors, adding 77, 40,000, 40,000, 49,000, and 40,000 jokes. Uh, uh, jobs, I should jokes. <laughs> Part of the remaining gain came from the manufacturing sector, which added 28,000 jobs, but was boosted by 30,000 unionized workers returning from a strike. The numbers are fake. Joe Biden set uh, close to setting a new record for the highest number of government employees. November's gain, 23,000. It's government... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's most of it. Not manufacturing, just people going back to work, unionized uh, auto workers returning from strike. It's a joke, and you're suffering because of it. And I've been there, and it's really hard this time of year, but we're going to get through it. If you can, help out a local food bank. If you can, please donate to the Salvation Army. Never walk past a kettle. Do not. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Guys, have a uh, glorious day today, uh, and uh, make sure to check out the podcast at Newsmax.com slash listen. It should be up in an hour or two. In the meantime, God bless America, Israel, you guys, and until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you then.